What's the big deal about January 17th? If you know, you know. And if you don't, you're about to find out in this episode. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 61 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. And if you're listening to this episode the week it goes live, then we're just days away from saying bye to 2020 and stepping in to 2021. If you're tuning in and it's already January or beyond, have no fear. Any day is a good day for a fresh start. And I think we're all ready for some type of fresh start after the year we just had. One of the most common methods for ringing in the new year with a fresh start is to set New Year's resolutions. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this episode. We're going to dive into why New Year's resolutions fail and what we can do instead. I want to set you up for fresh start success, whatever that looks like for you in the coming year. So let's bust through the blocks and set New Year's resolutions that actually stick. Keep listening to find out why most New Year's resolutions fail in less than a month. See what you can do differently to set resolutions that stick. Find out how to set multiple resolutions without getting overwhelmed and giving up. And walk away with the number one secret to ensuring your success in the new year. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands or doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes on the good stuff that's waiting for you in this episode. But don't worry, because I've got you covered. You can find all of the New Year's resolution details from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I mentioned. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 61. I've also got you covered if you haven't had a chance to set your goals for the year ahead yet. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, I didn't sit down and chart out my goals for 2020 until around January 20th of 2020. And my year turned out fine, you know, all things considered. (laughs) Even though I waited until well after we rang in 2020 to set my goals, I knew I had nothing to worry about because of my simple three-part system for getting it done and making things happen. You can hear all about this simple technique for planning with purpose back in episode 59. It's never too late to set goals and create your intention for the year. And if you want to partner in the process, I've created a checklist bundle that walks you through step-by-step. You can grab this totally free planning checklist that includes how I plan to plan with my exact supply list, as well as the 29 questions I ask myself each year to start off feeling confident and ready to take on the next 365 days. You can grab your copy of the free Plan With Purpose checklist in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 61. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. There are some really great interviews coming up and I don't want you to miss them. 
If you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. All right, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. So what's the big deal about January 17th? Well, studies have shown that most people give up on their New Year's resolutions by January 17th. That's barely two weeks into the new year and hardly long enough to make just about anything a habit. This whole January 17th failure day has become such a thing that some online holiday calendars even note January 17th as ditch New Year's resolution day. So how did we get here? Well, in 2020 at least, the most common reason for giving up was simply, I don't have the willpower. Some blamed it on laziness or forgetting And almost 25% of people who gave up blamed COVID. I feel you. 2020 was a doozy. Instead of giving up by January 17th, we're going to do things differently, right? In fact, we're going to take a look at the five most common mistakes people make when setting and trying to stick to those New Year's resolutions. And we're going to do things differently. Those five common mistakes we make in no particular order are, first, our resolutions are too vague. Second, we don't have a plan for sticking to them. Third, we have too many. Fourth, we're trying to start them all at the same time. And fifth, we don't have any accountability set up. So let's tackle each of these common mistakes one by one. First, our resolutions are too vague. There's a reason why SMART goals are so popular among the leadership and management set, and it's because they work. Your resolutions, if you want them to stick, need to be SMART too. If you're not familiar with SMART goals, SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And yes, there are a lot of different variations of the SMART acronym, but this one's my favorite. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And it's so appropriate that it leads off with specific. So a big reason why so many resolutions fail is because without clearly defining what exactly it means to stick to that resolution, there's no way to really know if you're keeping it. So here's what I mean. If you set a resolution to eat healthier, what exactly does that mean? Are you going to go keto or kick off the year by doing a whole 30? Are you going to eat one pizza a day instead of two? 
Are you going to try broccoli for the first time or make a daily smoothie? See, simply saying that you're going to eat healthier can mean any number of things. And because you haven't clearly defined what exactly eat healthier means for you, it's doubly hard to stick to it. So instead of eat healthier, you could say, I'm going to cut back to one s'mores Pop-Tart a week and include a fresh vegetable in at least four dinners each week. So that's specific and gives you a clear target to hit. It's measurable because you're using numbers, one Pop-Tart per week, four vegetables at dinner each week. It's attainable because let's be real, the thought of giving up s'mores Pop-Tarts cold turkey just sounds terrible to me at least. It's relevant to your overarching drive or values to eat healthier, and it's time-bound. Again, because you have a repeating target of one Pop-Tart per week and four veggies at dinner a week. Setting your resolutions like a SMART goal is your first key to success. The second most common mistake we make, we don't have a plan for making them happen. It's one thing to set a resolution, even a SMART goal for something you want to achieve in the new year, whether it's losing 10 pounds or paying off your credit card debt once and for all. But without a plan, a roadmap, and some milestones to reaching your destination, you're setting yourself up for failure. Trust me, I've been there. I used to use this wonderful goal-setting workbook that included a page each month for writing down the things that you wanted to do daily weekly, and monthly. And at the beginning of each month, I'd grab my colored pens and I'd fill out the sheet with daily and weekly habits I wanted to cultivate and look optimistically at the empty checkboxes on the page. And then the days would go by and I wasn't making any progress. And then weeks would pass. And then all of a sudden the month would be over and I would maybe check a box here or there. But for the most part, I decided that this goal-setting workbook just didn't work for me. Of course, it didn't dawn on me until much later that there's more to creating a new habit and sticking to a resolution than just being specific and writing it down. I had to figure out how this habit actually fit into my life. So once I took the habits that I was trying to create from the checkbox page and over into my calendar and created space in my week for each one and then mapped out how I was going to actually complete those monthly projects, only then did I actually see progress. Even when you go the extra mile to take your New Year's resolution from vague to specific, the work isn't done yet. You've got to create a plan for making it real. I like to take a cue from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and begin with the end in mind. What does success really look like and how can I reverse engineer it? What are the major milestones along the way? So let's say that you want to pay off all of your debt once and for all in the new year. Before you write that down and let it collect dust on the page, write out the steps to making it happen. How much debt do you have to pay off? Do you want to create a snowball debt payment plan? How much can you afford to put toward your debt each month? If you have multiple credit cards, are you going to pay them off in a certain order? See what I mean? 
So what does an actual plan look like for making your resolution happen? Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Now, let's say you've tackled mistakes one and two. Your resolutions are specific and you've got a plan for each one. We're still not out of the woods with this next mistake. Number three, we make too many resolutions. I get it. At the beginning of the year, especially after we've just eaten lots of holiday food and watched Love Actually, The Holiday, and 37 Hallmark Christmas movies, It's really easy to get caught up in the new year, new me vibe and aspire to make all the changes and set all the resolutions. I'm going to run five miles a day and I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and I'm going to stop eating Pop-Tarts and oh, and I'm going to give up caffeine and I'm going to put half of my income into savings and, 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 and the list can go on and on. When you have so many different resolutions, so much you want to change and improve, it can be real easy to get overwhelmed real quick. So I encourage you to think through, what do you want to remember the year for? Which resolutions mean the most to you? Which are the most in line with your values? Maybe this looks like cutting some in order to focus on truly nailing just a few. In the book Essentialism by Greg McCown, there's this really great illustration of what it looks like when we put our energy toward too many projects at once. 
Spreading ourselves too thin ends up looking like teeny tiny bits of progress in a lot of different directions. You're not really getting anywhere worthwhile with anything. But on the flip side, if you focus your energy on one specific thing, one project, one goal, or one endeavor, you're able to make major progress in the direction of that goal. Now, I'm not saying you have to pick only one New Year's resolution, but if you find yourself with a list of resolutions the size of a Cheesecake Factory menu, you might want to do another pass and see what you can cut. Now that you've pared down your list of resolutions, they're specific and each one of them has a plan, there's another pitfall to avoid. Number four, you start them all at the same time. This one kind of goes hand in hand with number three. You'll make so much more progress by focusing on one or a few resolutions instead of spreading yourself too thin. One way to keep the overwhelm at bay and to make real progress is to stagger your resolutions throughout the year. Laura Casey, the creator of the Cultivate What Matters goal-setting workbook, likes to say, there's nothing magical about January 1st. And she's absolutely right. Any day is a good day for a fresh start. And you can start one resolution on January 1st, make awesome progress, and then add on another one in March, and then maybe you kick off another one in June. By staggering your resolutions throughout the year, you keep yourself from getting overwhelmed. You increase your laser focus on getting one off the ground at a time, and you give each resolution the opportunity to stick before adding something else. I think of it like the guy spinning plates on sticks at the circus. Is that even still a thing? Either way, if he were to try to get all of the plates started at the exact same time, you know it would result in a great big crashing mess. But instead, he gets one plate up on a stick spinning and then adds another and then another until he's able to comfortably monitor each of the spinning plates. And it's all because he gave each one attention and focus to get it started to get it started right. And finally, the last mistake that we won't be making this year with our resolutions, we won't make the mistake of embarking on a meaningful resolution without accountability from someone we trust. Your resolutions can be specific SMART goals. You can create a stellar plan for achieving each one. You can decide to laser focus on a few and stagger your start times throughout the year. But the final, number one, most important piece of the puzzle is accountability. Sure, studies have shown that writing down your goals makes you 43% more likely to achieve them. But having an accountability partner And checking in with that partner regularly skyrockets your likelihood of achieving those goals all the way up to 95%. And I don't have to tell you that 95 is almost 100. So this one has got to be a no-brainer for us in 2021. Way back in episode 29, I shared six different ways that you can create accountability for reaching your goals. 
You can find an accountability partner, whether it's your spouse, partner, a friend, coworker, a business bestie, or someone else. You could work with a mentor, learn from them and their experience, and ask your mentor to help you stay accountable to your resolutions. You could work with a coach to set goals, create a plan, and set up regular accountability check-ins. And accountability doesn't have to look like one-on-one support. You could also find accountability within a membership group or organization by participating in a group coaching program or within a mastermind group. If you're serious about sticking to your resolutions, and I know you are, you don't want to skip this critical step. Accountability is key to making big things happen. Remember, by checking in regularly with an accountability partner, you're 95% more likely to achieve your goals and stick to those resolutions. It's a no-brainer, and I know you can do it. So there you have it. The five common mistakes we make when it comes to New Year's resolutions and how to tackle each one so you're not in the crowd of giver-uppers on January 17th complaining about willpower or laziness. You are going to be specific, make a plan, focus on a few, stagger your start dates, and find accountability. And if you want to jumpstart your resolutions with the help of a coach, I'm here for you. I am super excited to share that there are two ways to work with me to launch your resolutions for the new year. I've opened up a limited number of spots on my coaching calendar in January and February for one-on-one power hour coaching sessions. You, me, and one hour to dive in and tackle your biggest time management challenge or create that plan you need to stick to your resolutions and smash your goals in the new year. Plus, you'll get that unlimited accountability access to me for two full weeks after our power hour for when you need extra support and a sounding board. There are less than 10 of these power hour spots available, and you can head straight to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me to book your power hour before all the spots fill up. I'll also be sure to link that in the show notes. And if you're looking for more than just a power hour to start your year with your best foot forward, I've also opened up an even more limited number of exclusive eight-week one-on-one fresh start coaching spots to guide you as you embark on your best year ever. If you're dreaming of a new year that feels calm and prepared instead of chaotic and crazy, then this eight-week one-on-one program is exactly what you're looking for. You can apply for one of the only three spots available by heading to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me. Fresh Start Coaching kicks off on January 5th. So if you're at all curious, apply before those three spots fill up. I should also mention that this is our last chance to work together until at least June of 2021. I'm heading into maternity leave in March and I'm looking forward to spending some quality time with my family as we welcome our new little one and grow into being a family of four. So if you're on the fence, come on, jump off and let's do this together. (laughs) As always, all the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 61 including a link to learn more about how you can work with me through a power hour session 
or the Fresh Start Coaching Program, plus the free Plan with Purpose checklist to help you plan your year DIY style. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to join me next week for episode 62, where I'll be diving into habits. You know, we've all got good habits on the brain heading into the new year. So I've got you covered and I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.